Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Just Browsing. Today we got Zach and, you know, me, your best host, Matthew. And we have a special guest named Brandon on. He's one of Zach and I's best friends. He's a new father. Go ahead and say congratulations to him. You know, give him a round of applause. Uh, and today we're going to be bringing you our, I called it the NBA GOATs. So we're going to bring you all of our decisions at the greatest of all time for each position because... You know, I think Brandon and I have agreed in multiple discussions. You can't have the single best player in a league where there's five different positions. So we're going to go through our starting five. And, yeah, you know, let's get the arguments going. Welcome to the podcast, Brandon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so how do we want to do this? Do you want to start, like... Let's, let's say we go through our point guards. Like, we'll, okay. we'll just do rounds. We'll do okay. position by position, and then we can kind of argue through each position. Yeah, because I think once we know each other's starting five, then we can get into, like, the... Why'd you pick him? He has less championships and all that right. kind of shit. All right. Do championships mean everything? Because if they do, i got to change my center Because <laughs> we all know who the greatest of all time is then. Yeah. I know Bill what Russell. you're going to say. Yeah. Start, with, start with point guard, and we'll go to Brandon, and then we'll come to me. All right. So for point guard, my starting point guard's Magic Johnson. I don't think you can go wrong. Dude's like 6'7". It's like a LeBron James at point guard, but... Not in LeBron James' time. I mean, I okay. So I'll I'll say this. I I filled out a full roster. I have fifteen people picked. So I've got three at each position. Yeah, Matt went above and beyond. No one no one else is prepared like me. But I went with Magic Johnson over Oscar Robertson and Jason Kidd as my you know three point guards on my roster. And I don't know. There's just something about watching Magic Johnson play, like on highlights and everything that. I'm pretty jealous of the people who grew up being able to, to like tune into primetime Showtime Lakers and just see Magic Johnson. It's kind of like what in like 20 years it's going to be like because we had we can just turn on the TV any night and watch LeBron play, and people 20 years from now like kids that are you know like are right, who's going to be the new LeBron? In yeah, they're going to be like, man, what was it like to watch LeBron play? And we're going to be like, it was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, you got to think there's been generational players for decades. I mean, you had Michael Jordan coming up, you know, late 80s through the whole 90s. Then Kobe came into the scene late 90s through, you know, the late 2010s. Then you have LeBron who came in in the early or like mid-2000s and who's been running the league since. You know, you got Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. Like all of these big-name guys are in now. So it's just we have generational talent every decade. So someone's going to show up. All right, Brandon, who's your point guard? Um, so uh, I've always liked players that are overall, like they can do everything. That's my, that's my kind of guy. Yeah. So, you know, like my current favorite player in the NBA is Russell Westbrook and I'm not, you know, going to put him at number one right now. I'm not that ridiculous, but if this was like a current starting five, you'd probably, yeah, yeah, I probably would. But like, you know, the most comparable player to him was Oscar Robertson. So for me, I was like, Oh, do I go with the big O? But then like kind of, kind of did a little more thinking and I actually went with Magic Johnson as well. <laughs> and um, he just was a special player. You make the, kind of, the passes he was making and how he played, it was special. And, like, you know, I, kind of touching up on what you were just talking about with, like, players, like, we get to watch LeBron. LeBron is almost like Magic Johnson yeah. in his passing abilities now, which is kind of cool, you know, to think about. Like, we didn't get to see Magic Johnson play. But, you know, people in the greats and all these people that – commentate on these games are talking about how his passing vision and all that stuff compares to Magic Johnson. Yeah. And LeBron's talked about how he's one of his, his idols and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you can see it come out and play like that. And I mean, just 
the sheer like talent he had, as long as you know, as well with the height that Matt was talking about, it kind of separated him from the rest because you got great passers like John Stockton and Steve Nash and all that stuff, Jason Kidd, but they were all short guys, and Magic was just a different breed. He's just a different. Person. I mean, he was a two or twelve-time All Star, two-time Steel Champion, ten times All NBA, two times MVP. Well, wait. Two times All Star MVP, three times MVP, three times Finals MVP, the seventy nine eighty All Rookie Team, five time NBA champ, four All Star Games champs. Like yeah, so I was just gonna say, um, not a lot of parody here on our pick because <laughs> Magic Johnson's also my pick for point <laughs> guard. I don't think you can go wrong there. Um, I was gonna after you know disclosing my pick as magic johnson rounding out the fact that we all three picked him i was going to gush about his stats but yeah matt just kind of ran through it but he's so i was telling you guys a little bit but like before we started this those uh so for anyone out there who's curious bleacher report last year in september did a ranking of the top 10 players of all time at um, all five positions and on their ranking magic johnson is the top point guard of all time so i don't really think you can go wrong there He's, I mean, there's not much else I can add to what you guys have already said. I mean, he was basically the 80s version of LeBron now. And it's oh, been yeah. really cool watching LeBron, because he's always been an amazing scorer and an like, insanely gifted athlete. But this year he finished, I think this is the first time he's led the league in assists in a season in his entire career. And it's been pretty cool watching him kind of change and adapt his game this late. You know, he's 17 seasons in being like, Oh, yeah, I'm also one of – I'm basically the best passer in the league as in, on top of being, like, the best athlete. I think he's always been a good passer. It was just – one, when he was with the Cavs on his first stint, he had no one to pass to. So, you're going to hide yeah. it because you got to take control of every game. And then when you're with the Heat, I mean, yeah, you got D. Wade and Bosch. So, he didn't have to have the ball in his hands at all times. He didn't have to be their playmaker. And then he started to find that rhythm, though, with the Heat, with his passing where, I mean – him and D. Wade had that connection that it was it was kind of unfair. I mean, no one else in the league at the time had – maybe you could say, like, Tony Parker and Tim Duncan could have had a connection like that, but they're both completely different players than D. Wade and LeBron. So, I mean, he's always been a great passer. It's just been – I think he had to overshadow his passing ability because he had to carry teams yeah. to certain places. Can I uh, just say just – Say something real quick and throw out a stat that's going to definitely trigger Brandon. I've already seen it. <laughs> He's probably been looking at me scrolling on my laptop. Bleacher Report had Steph Curry ranked as the second. This is all time. The second best point guard all time on their list last year. Go ahead, Can Brandon. I, what, are your, I, what are your thoughts on that? I, uh, I would love to cover this one. I don't hate Steph Curry quite as much as everyone thinks I hate Steph Curry. I think that he is arguably the best shooter of all time if not the best shooter of all time and i'll give him that but he's not a top five point guard to me and there's other points of being a point guard you have to take into account like what is his rebounds what are his assists compared to someone like oscar robertson or jason kidd or all these other guys that were also scoring the basketball not as efficiently as steph curry but they did everything else like that's what makes Kyrie, in my opinion a bad shooting guard this guy will average like three assists some games. And I'm like, dude, your job, I know is a score, but you also have to pass the ball. And I'm like, LeBron can still put up 30, 10, and 10. James Harden can put up 10 assists. And like, that's a guy that leads the league in 
points. Why can't you pass the ball? Especially when you're playing with like four other all stars. I was gonna say like, you're getting six assists a game, and you play with Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. I was like, yeah. all you have to do is throw it in the air, and it's gonna go to someone's gonna score it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Steph Curry is a great shooter, but I think we talked about this on the other NBA, you know, episode. Defense wins championships, and I think Steph Curry is a liability on defense. I think the whole Warriors team was a liability on defense. They could just score 145 points on anyone. Yeah. I, it was When I looked at this list, I was shocked that he was that high, especially – I don't know how many seasons he's played at this point, maybe 10, something like that. It, it's not as many seasons as a lot of these guys. Like, his career isn't complete yet. So to be like he's the second best point guard of all time to me seemed kind of insane. But – he is insanely gifted. I mean, what he's accomplished so far in his time in the league is remarkable. He's won, what, three championships so far. He's won two MVPs. I mean, he's, like, and, and like you said, probably is the best scorer or the best shooter we've ever seen. In yeah, the oh, hands down. And he scores at a clip that, like, you don't really see that often. But I agree. I just don't think ranking him that high at this point in his career is the right move. But... I don't know. Maybe I could be talked out of that. You guys want to hear the list of the top ten from Bleacher Report? I do, but real quick, guys? let me say one last okay. thing about Steph Curry. You you talked about his accolades there, and I think like in my personal opinion, why I've had this discuss for it is I think that he got blown up bigger than he was. Like yeah. one of the MVP years, he shouldn't have won. They should have given it to Russell Westbrook. I think it was yeah. the year after Durant left. He like Russell Westbrook singly willed them into the playoffs, averaged a triple double for the first time in NBA history, and yeah, was just doing Oscar, disgusting yeah. things. And, you know, Curry had a good season. Don't get me wrong. But he was going to win 50-plus games even if he never touched the court. Yeah. And um, his stats, I mean, I think he was top five in maybe two of the categories. Yeah. Like stats, rebounds, and everything else. Like, yeah. And Russell was in there in like three-plus. Yeah. Well, so so this like, is Steph's stats because he played five games this year. So it's tough to – Yeah. So this year he was averaging almost 21 points a game, five rebounds, and 6.6 assists. Which his career, which he's played almost 700 games, is 23 and a half points, four and a half boards, and 6.6 assists. So he's just not a do-it-all kind of point guard. He he did win the Steals champion in 2015-16, so he's got the the handles to be able to, you know, poke the ball away and and get to it. But yeah, I think going back to what Brandon was talking about a second ago, I remember us having that discussion that year that he won the MVP over Russell Westbrook, and um, I think. You do have to, like, it's weird thinking back on it because I have to pull up the stats and look at them in front of me, but it almost seemed like he got an MVP off of, like, getting hyped up. He did. You know what I mean? It was like the entire sports world, and especially, like, the NBA, like, sports journalist community was just so excited about the things that he was doing on the court that they were just like, he's our MVP this year, right? Like, look at what he's doing. Even though if you really dove into the stats, they didn't back that up. And it's just like you said, I think he was only top five that year in like a couple categories for point guards. And if you looked at Russell Westbrook's stats that year, they were better. Right. But yet they gave well, the MVP to Steph Curry. The MVP is a real weird well, for me, voting thing. For me, it, you know, the MVP is r- ridiculous on how they have people vote for it. Because like for me, most valuable player, who's the most valuable player in the NBA every single year? LeBron. LeBron James. And he doesn't win ever. And it's like, if we're going to talk about that, 
you know, that doesn't make any sense. Because you can give it to him every single year. He is the most valuable player on any team you put him on. If yeah. you put him on a team, they go immediately to finals contenders. If yeah. you take him off a team, they're the worst in the league. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm like, so the, the whole thing is stupid. But I'm like, even Steph, when he won, they won the finals too. And he wasn't even the finals MVP. They gave it to a six man. That's and I was like, really, how yeah. good are you if you're not even leading your yeah. team? Well, like, and that's oh, a convo yeah. me and you have had about MVPs is it's all these riders that vote on it and and you got to think of who they cover but take one person off of every team and how good is that team without that person and like you touched you know if you take lebron off any team you know if lebron gets hurt in in the restart you know to these playoffs coming up and the lakers have zero chance i mean yeah you have anthony davis but we've seen how inconsistent he's been the lakers don't don't have a chance i honestly could see portland beating them if lebron doesn't play but you keep LeBron on any team. I mean, you see what he did with the Cavs when they won. What, they were at 66 and 16, and he had zero help on that team. You take LeBron off that team, they went 16 and 66. Yeah. And, you know, they. I see this with all the other sports, too. I mean, in my personal opinion, yeah, in the NFL, it's all biased. A quarterback's always going to win MVP, and I think that's just stupid. But like in the NHL, they do it. They give it to stats leaders, and I don't agree with that necessarily because – who, who's going to be have the biggest impact, you know, on the field, on the court, you know, on the ice, to where you take them off of a team, and that team's going to fall apart? I do think, you know, I don't think Steph Curry is that big of an impact player. He, he's just he, he can score a lot of points, and I mean, there's people. What it comes down to is there's people that can dominate the game, and when they're in the game, they control it, and that that's a Giannis type player right now. Right. Milwaukee is nothing if you don't have Giannis on there. They've got, they've got some talented guys, for sure. But when you have someone that comes in and he's dropping 30, 15, and 15 every game, which is <laughs> that's remarkable. you know, it's, it's, a different, it's a different breed, you know, and that's kind of what Russell was doing too, which is why I gave him the credit for that season. I feel like he should have gotten that MVP. And well, he averaged a triple-double. Like, and Steph, you know. For the first time ever since Oscar Robinson, Robinson had done it, which was decades prior. And again, with Steph, they won a ton of games. But if you if he never played, I guarantee Clay, Draymond, and everyone else they could have still won fifty plus games. Yeah, probably. And I'm like, so that to me just tells you you have a great team. That doesn't mean you're a great player carrying that team. You know what I was thinking about just to kind of continue this conversation about Steph. I was thinking about this year because obviously he didn't play. Clay didn't play this year. Uh, Kevin Durant was not on the team again this year. They went from being in the finals last year to being basically the worst team in the league. Because Draymond was, like, the only healthy guy out of that whole squad that was, like, playing all year. Right. And I was thinking, you know, I don't know how well that team would have – like, obviously, just having Draymond healthy out of that whole squad is not going to guarantee you being back in the playoffs or even winning, like, 25 games, clearly. Cause not not in the same division as the Clippers and Lakers. Yeah. But if it was – say it was, like – a fun thought experiment is to be, like, say if it was all of them were unhealthy or had been traded and it was only Steph – on that team like how well do you think the Warriors would have done this year if it was just Steph minus Draymond minus Clay minus Kevin Durant probably where they're at right now maybe a couple games like I more. think they would have been better but they're still not if, if they would have made the playoffs they would have been beaten well, in the first round I mean think about me. like one-headed teams like you got to shut one player down and you got to force the other four guys on the court to make a play you, you stopped Steph. Who else on that roster right now? I mean, yeah, if you get rid of those three players, you got to fill that void. But who else on that roster is going to have an impact? Yeah, no one. The other thing is if you're a great player, you have to elevate other people's games. 
you know, LeBron, going off Matt's point of you just have to shut down one player, he's been the one player they've had to shut down several times on teams. But he makes these role players so important. You know, he makes, like, these J.R. Smith, these Kyle Corvers, these guys that really only score if they're put in the right positions. He makes those positions available. And all of a sudden now... Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith finishes with 18 points, and that's huge off the bench. Yeah. And I'm like, that's something that is, makes him a special player that you don't see from other superstars. We're like, yeah, right. they can take over a game, but if you shut that one person down, their team's done. Yeah. So I just had to pull it up to remind myself the Warriors won 15 games this year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> before. That's, that's glorious. 15 and 50 was their record. Right. So but after being in the finals the past five years in a row. Yeah, but it all makes sense. You know, you lose your three best players. No, I know. I, there's an explanation. I'm just saying, as an NBA fan who is really sick of watching the Warriors in the finals every year, that seeing that in the standings. Well, is then, the best. and then as soon as Kyrie left, uh, well, he left Cleveland what two years ago. But then as soon as he left and oh, LeBron yeah. left, I was like, Cleveland, we're never going to see a Warriors Cleveland ever again. Ne- never did. Yeah, Cleveland finished 19 and 46 this year, so they weren't they weren't much better. <laughs> Poor Kevin Love. Let's uh, let me run f- run through the top ten point guards, at least according to Bleacher Report, while we're talking about yeah, this. So at number ten, they had Isaiah Thomas, which uh, he shows up a lot. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch the Last Dance documentary, but I would highly recommend it. It's awesome. He's in there as like a a villain to those Michael Jordan Bulls. Well, it's because um, the Pistons and them, I mean, they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. They got Russell Westbrook in there at number nine, so that's Brandon's boy. Uh, number eight, Steve Nash. I miss Steve Nash, man. I loved him. He was great. Um, number seven, Jason Kidd, who I think was like kind of the triple-double guy before Russell Westbrook came into the league. He got a lot of triple-doubles. Number six, John Stockton for the Utah Jazz. Greatest passer of all time. Number five, Chris Paul. And I, until like a couple years ago, I had always like discounted Chris Paul as like a superstar in the league until someone like my roommate in college had kind of like sat me down. and was like, dude, we got to go over some of his stats and dive in. You're like, you're, you're discounting him. He is a bona fide superstar. And like Chris Paul deserves to be ranked number five of the top 10 all-time point well, guards. That dude's he's one of the best point guards even, that we've even seen play. Even if his stats weren't that good, you know, like we've been talking about. Steph Curry is not necessarily like a floor general. Chris Paul is. That guy's going to get all he's, five people competing and competing at a high level. He's the prototypical point guard. He's what right. you want as a floor general. Like, I would be – if I'm just picking guys at random to fill out a five-man roster in the NBA, give me Chris Paul at point guard, and, like, I'm going to feel good about that. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be, like, lights out or anything, like, blowing your mind, but he's going to be really good, and he's going to be great for your team. Hey, if he averages like 19, 20 points a game, he's putting up, you know, 8 to 11 assists a game. I know he gets rebounds, he crashes the boards, but he'll take control of that court, and he's, yeah. I mean, he'll run it. He'll run your team. All right, at number four, we got Jerry West, who we were talking about a little bit before, uh, before the podcast, the logo. What did you want to say about Jerry West? Did you have any comments that you wanted to make? Yeah, no, no I, I like Jerry West as an example of um, – and I, you might have to stat check me a little bit on this, okay. but like whenever people have these top five conversations, the number one thing people like to bring up all the time is championships. And I've always yeah. hated that because there's some phenomenal players that never won. Yeah. Jerry West, I think went to like nine. He did. And never won. I think, did but he does win that one? make Jerry West not good? Yeah, no, it's like, it's, he's literally the logo of the NBA. Like, the guy is one of the legends of the game. And I think he only won once. He won one in the 1971-72 season. But, and, and, and I think, you can check me on this too, Matt, if you have it pulled up. 
He's the only player ever to win Finals MVP in a losing effort in the That's NBA true, Finals, yeah. which is one of the most although, baller stats you could possibly. Although hear. Brandon and I have had that talk before, LeBron should have won it. Yes. What was that? The year two of the meeting. I think or, the yeah. year Andre Iguodala won it. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. like, I understand, but you're giving it to a six man. LeBron just put up like 900, 900, and 900 for right. the series. He, was, he wasn't he averaging like over 35 points, like 11 I think rebounds. That was like the year he led both teams in every major. Your statistical category right. throughout the finals, and they were like, "Now nah, let's give it to Andre Iguodala because he won because <laughs> he had a block." Yeah, he he guarded LeBron once or twice. So, <laughs> so um, okay, so number three again, Brandon's guy, Oscar Robertson, the former triple double machine before we got Russell Westbrook in the modern NBA. Uh, number two, which we've already covered, Steph Curry. That seems a little high, but very I don't know. Nice. Steph Curry's you could put him in top ten. Definitely, say, like he, he's in the top ten, but it would be very interesting to see where he lands, like when he's done with his career. Because according to Bleacher Report, they had him as the guy behind Magic Johnson, who they had ranked as the number one point guard of all time, which I, I just I don't know. Then again, that. you know, if, if we wanted to take stats out of this, it comes down to opinion. And if you're going to have five players on the court, who do you want? You know, Brandon, Brandon doesn't want someone that just shoots. Mm-hmm. He wants someone that's going to drive the lane, you know, take the contact and, and, and finish strong. You know, someone else might be like, no, I want my guy to just stand on the three-point line, wait for the ball to bounce to him, you know, and then he can he can hit the open shot. So, stats aside, I don't think anyone besides shooters likes Curry yeah. as their starting point guard. Well, and just we're talking about, like, all-around players and comparing LeBron to Magic. Magic's career, he wasn't, like, a real high-scoring guy. He averaged 19.5 points a game, but he, he averaged 11.2 assists and 7.2 rebounds. Right. For his career. And he played a long time. So, like, that's a well-rounded guy. I mean, you got your, that's your point guard, you know? Well, and he did what he did. You're a point guard. You're supposed to pass. Yeah. That point I brought. And he yeah. did that phenomenally, which is why I chose him. So we all chose Magic Johnson as our point yeah, guard. Yeah, it was pretty simple. I, f- <laughs> I feel like shooting guard's going to be easy, too. But, yeah. I mean, you can make better arguments, I feel, for shooting guard than point guard and small forward. Yeah. So do you want to lead us off, or do you want me to start? Let's let's go reverse order. So, so you go ahead and start, and then I'll. So I think no surprise here. I had Michael Jordan as my shooting guard. <laughs> what? <laughs> Widely considered the greatest player ever. So I don't, yeah. What else can you? What else can we say about Michael Jordan that hasn't already been said? You know. What about you, Brandon? Um, I had Mike too. Um, it's foolish, you know, to not choose someone. You know, like for me, like I actually am not a huge Michael Jordan fan because I think that his fan base is annoying. Um, and I hate the championship talk, kind of going back to the Jerry West thing. Um, so we'll talk about, oh, he won six. I'm like, that's great. Bill Russell's the best player of all time. He won 11. 11, yeah. You know, and it's like, I love basketball. And so I'm always going to give people credit where their credit is due. And Michael is a phenomenal player. I love other shooting guards too. Like he's not my favorite of all time, but he's the best of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I mean, the only other person I think you could have up there would be Kobe. And to me, they're almost the same exact player. Yeah. I mean, I think Kobe was a better scorer. He was a much pure scorer. But he – so I'll just go through Michael's stats real quick because he was a nine times all-defensive team player. Okay, yeah. Before you go on, I would like to say that that, when you're looking at these all-time lists – that to me is the kind of stuff that puts you over, that like vaults you over some of the modern guys who they people like to say, like like the Steph Curry's of the world, right. who like they say, he's you know top three of this position of all time. It's like 
yeah, offensively, but the game is played on both ends of the court. You have to be a good defensive player as well. And you you, you look well, at that at Michael Jordan, nine-time defensive and player. And in his career like, stats, he averaged 30.1 points a game. It's so remarkable. it's not like he yeah, just scored. He's doing then, it on both ends. Yes. I mean, yeah, his assists and rebounds could be a little higher for him. But at the same time, I mean, he was a three-times steel champion. He was the defensive player of the year in the 87-88 season. He was a nine he was on the all defense team nine times. 10 times scoring champ. So not only did he do you know the defensive side of the the game, he did the offensive side of the game. He led that team. He was a I mean when we say bona fide superstar in the league, I mean yeah, the NBA might have been exciting when he came into it. But let's not forget, this guy didn't make varsity in high school. Yeah. His story is remarkable. Like, um, which, by the way, I know I might sound like I'm just plugging the Last Dance documentary, but please do yourself a favor and watch it. Like, I, I think, for, at least for me, because we are at an age where we did not get the luxury of growing up watching him play like we've been able to watch the evolution of like Kobe's we career were, or LeBron's career we were toddlers in yeah. the height of the Bulls. In, in the height of the Bulls era we were infants so we didn't get to see that and I think much of our exposure at least for me to Michael Jordan has been YouTube highlights and what people what SportsCenter puts up on their screen is like here's the stats here's all these crazy things you can look at to prove that Michael Jordan's the best ever and I've always just kind of taken it for granted like Oh, yeah, he's the best ever because of this, this, and this. But, like, I didn't get to see him play. But watching The Last Dance, you come out of that documentary, as someone who never got to see the the actual in-game footage, really, other than, like, YouTube highlights, what he was doing, like, how athletic that guy was and how competitive he was, that's the one thing they kept hammering home on that thing is, like, he would not even – he would look for an excuse to hang 45 on you. Like, you didn't even have to say anything bad about him in the media. He would just – if you looked at him wrong heading off the court one night or if you casually mentioned just, something he was a to him, he's like, okay, now I'm going to drop 50 on this guy. And then the thing is that was so remarkable is he could do it. Like, he would then turn around and, like, Where he could he back would, everything. He could talk the talk. Yeah. But then he's, like, one of the only players ever who was gifted enough to be like, now I'm going to walk the walk and actually hang 50 on you. Well, like, I mean, think of the flu game. We've all had the flu. Shit can floor you. Dude comes out in the playoffs and drops that game, and everyone's like, well, wait a second. Like, that's not supposed to happen. That's determination. That's someone who's willing to fight through everything to succeed. Yeah. And I think, so on this Bleacher Report thing, too, one of the points they hammered home is how dominant he was in the playoffs. Like, MJ was a remarkable player throughout the regular season his entire career. We, we all know that. But in the playoffs... They were like, that's where he separated himself. Because they were saying in this article, they were saying MJ averaged 33.4 points per game in the postseason and led the NBA in playoff points per game in 10 of the 13 years in which he participated. And then it says, in the NBA Finals alone, he averaged 33.6 points a game, six rebounds, and six assists, while shooting 48% from the field and 36% from three. <laughs> like... You can't get better than that. It's remarkable. No, and, and that's why he's a six-time. He went six times, won it six times, and was a six-time Finals MVP. Like that's why. Well, and I, and I will say, you know, for the terms of arguing for Kobe, I mean, everyone looks at Kobe too as you know he was a great scorer. Kobe played what twenty seasons? Yeah, I think so. 
he was on the uh, he was a twelve time All Defensive Player. You never hear that about Kobe. Yeah, despite his mama mentality. Defense, yeah, dude, that guy was. I would never want to play against Kobe. Yeah, and he had the same. That's why everyone compares him to Michael Jordan. Is he had the same competitive nature that MJ did? Well, like, and, it was very comparable. To, and compare MJ and Kobe's, you know, turnaround jumper, and it's literally the exact same shot. Like you yeah. could literally put. You know, their bodies on the same plane, like have one blocking the other and just mirror image each other. Same motion yeah. from the same spot. It's like, well, he's he said that you don't have Kobe without MJ. Like, he yeah, MJ em- emulated Kobe. himself after MJ because he grew up watching MJ and being like, this is my idol, you know? And, and then, then they he, played against each other. Yeah, and then he was lucky enough to, like, and, and young enough and good right. enough to be in the league, like, while MJ was still around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else you can say about MJ at this point that hasn't already been said. He's just, yeah. I mean, it's that competitiveness you guys were just talking about with Kobe and MJ. That's why people like them. Yeah. You know, you have players like that's the reason why people don't necessarily like LeBron. Some people don't think he's competitive enough, which I think is ridiculous. He wants to win just as bad as everyone else does. But you know, like that mindset, I can't say the same about Kevin Durant. Like you were up three one on the Warriors. They came back and beat you, and instead of coming back the next year with the mindset of I'm gonna not lot or not let that happen again, yeah. you joined him. And I'm like, that's that pissed a lot. Yeah, of I was like, but first of all, that's like that's nothing like the MJ Kobe mentality because they yeah. would have came back and wanted to win. Yeah, and like you see it with certain players, like that's why I like Russ. Russ will go out there and like he'll break his femur to try and get a, <laughs> a win if he wanted to. And same with Damian Lillard, like everyone was shocked Damian Lillard was doing this. I wasn't. I was like, he has that mindset. And I was like, certain players are going to rise to the occasion in the bubble, and some are going to shut down. And, yeah. like, I, you know, Paul George is talking about, he's like, oh, I, you know, I've been depressed. I was really in the struggling. Bubble and yeah. all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but Willard came out, and he's like, I'm going to beat the number one seed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down, and, and I think we talked about this on one of our episodes, or maybe it was just Brandon and I when we were playing games or something, but. They were talking about this with the NHL playoffs. They go, it's the teams and the players who want to be here that are going to will themselves to win. And yeah. and you might not be the best player. You might be, you know, 10th, say, in, in stats, and, and you might be 10th picked off the playground. But you're going to will your team to win. You're going to show up, and you're going to be like, listen, if I have to shoot 15 of 50, but I'm, you know, getting 15 boards and 15 assists, we're going to win. We're going to win this game, and we're going to force this series a long time. And yeah. honestly, I think we're seeing that with, with the Mavs. I think Luca's in there going, I want to prove everybody that I'm the next superstar. I kind of want to have that discussion at some point. We can do it at the end of once we get through our starting five, but I want to have that discussion of like who you who you, who do you guys think is like the next face of the NBA? Cuz LeBron has been the face of the NBA for basically our entire lives. And I think it's, you know, you got guys like Giannis and Luca who are definitely vying for well, that position We right can't now. we can't forget I know Brandon might not like him as an athletic person but you can't forget the joker i mean that dude's a seven foot tall center who rebounds assists i mean he's the best passing center in the nba and he's what 25 yeah you gotta think we got a lot of him too there's a lot of young guys that are i think are destined for like greatness greatness. yeah Yeah. oh yeah let me just run through the top 10 shooting guards real quick just so we can see because no one can i mean there's a couple guys like we talked about who can kind of compete for that argument against michael but i don't i mean i think it's a pretty much a bona fide like, he, it's his spot. Right. Well, and, and to touch real quick before you go into that on, I think it was Brandon said about how everyone says it's all about championships. My third shooting guard was AI. Dude never won a championship. Oh, yeah. But dude was 
everywhere on the floor. I loved him, man. The guy could score great. from everywhere, and he was fast as shit. I mean, you'd see him running around, and he's like, did 15 circles. The defense is all laying on the ground, and then he like, lays it in. I'm like, dude. It's him and Charles Barkley that everyone always talks about. Two of the best players to ever play who never won a championship, which is like a damn shame. Cause, and I'm, I'm sure we got guys in the NBA, that the current NBA that we're watching, who might not ever end up winning, but we're like, hey, we watched that guy well, play, and he's would you, special. Would you rather be a Allen Iverson or Charles Barkley and know you gave everything you had to try and win a championship? Or would you rather be a Kevin Durant, who, like Brandon said, you were up 3-1 on a team, and then you lost, so you leave to join that same roster to go win a championship. Would you rather win a championship by joining the Western Conference All-Stars or trying to win a championship by playing your ass off and, and you know running your team? Yeah, I think we could, we're probably going to have to table that discussion for a separate podcast, but I think the two championships that Kevin Durant has won are going to forever have an asterisk beside yeah. them. I think people are just... Anyone who knows anything about the NBA and who follows it and who was watching and paying attention is like, yeah, you won two championships, but like we all know what you did to get them. You they know? were going to win without you. Yeah. They already won without you. They right. won 73 games. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you, you did nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll table that discussion. That's, that we could go for like three hours on that topic, I feel like. Probably so, more. All right, top ten shooting guards according to Bleacher Report. Number ten, Tracy McGrady, which... Can we T-Mac. just take a second to I just T-Mac. admire how awesome T-Mac was? He, he was great. Honestly, if he finished out his career, because I know he decided to retire young, if he finished out his career, he could it, definitely it, it, this would be a totally different skyrocket yeah. up there to be with Port. He with just had injuries, man. He, is, yeah, he's like the Bo Jackson of basketball. He really is. Yeah, yeah. that dude was something special. So he he comes in at number two. I mean, still pretty impressive. His career cut way short. Still cracks the top ten shooting guards well, of all time. That's pretty amazing. If you need a T-Mac highlight, just go watch him against the Spurs. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. All right, number nine, we got George Gervin, who I literally know zero about. The Iceman. Do you guys know much about George Gervin? This is before my time. I'd have to just read you what they have. I mean, if it's before your time, you're older than me, so it's got to be way (laughs) before my time. I am the oldest person here. I'm so old. But um, number eight, we got Ray Allen, who... Jesus Shuttlesworth. One of the... Great shooter. One of the best pure shooting strokes we've ever seen. And... What that guy was able to do in his time in the career, and especially him on the Heat, dude. Oh, my God. Just that shot against the Spurs, man. That shot against the Spurs. Every time I see Ray Allen, I think about that corner three against the Spurs, and it hurts my heart a little bit because I, I actually will have Timmy to admit D I was fan. rooting against the Heat that year because I was a Spurs fan back in the day. But, yeah, Ray Allen, dude. Great so shooter. Great. Um, coming in at number seven, Reggie Miller, who I, I feel like always shows up as just his highlight is like talking shit to Spike Lee on the side like during Knicks games. But, uh, but another player that could back up his Yeah, his he, play. Was great. he was great. Absolutely amazing shooter. Coming in at number six, Manu Ginobili, who I love Manu Ginobili. I don't know if you guys were big Manu fans, but I was a big Spurs fan back in the day, and I, I loved Manu. <coughs> another hard, great I'd shooter. Hard, but. Yeah, I had a hard time liking anyone on the Spurs during that time. They just yeah. didn't fit like my... My interest. Yeah. Like Tony yeah. Parker. They were not flashy. It was not a flashy team. No. You know, you got they Tony, were, Tony they Parker. They were a solid defensive team, yeah. and that's why they won. It's Tim Duncan, Tony, Tony Parker, Parker, and Manu Ginobili, and they're not flashy, but they won like five And Boris Diaw. We can't forget so, Boris Diaw. Boris Diaw, yeah. He somehow was... Number five, we got Clyde Drexler, who Brandon is a big fan of, who we were talking about was like... There's pictures of him when he was 25, and the dude looked 45. I don't know what was going on there. He probably should have shaved his head like you did, Matt. Um, 
Number four on this list is James Harden, which I think is another Steph Curry recency bias discussion. That's a hard one for me. We'll talk about that one later. On our last episode that we recorded, Matt and I kind of shit on James Harden, and we can can do more shitting on James Harden in future episodes if you would like. (laughs) Please. Um, Coming in at number three, Dwayne Wade, who I think is a resounding, we all love him. Dwayne Wade is is the man. Um, Coming in at number two, like we talked about, the only guy who can really be in that argument to me for best shooting guard ever is Kobe. Um, RIP Kobe. Like, what yeah. else can you say, you know? And then MJ at number one. Easy. Yep. All right. Well, let's move into small forwards, and we're going to let Brandon kick this one off because I think it's his toughest decision ever. So take it away with your small forward. <laughs> yeah, no, this one was not tough for me. Um, there was a few spots, like, they were interchangeable for me, point guard being, like, the big one. You know, that one was, like, I could probably change a couple names in there, power forward and centers like that as well. But small forward for me is LeBron James. Um, you know, and I think part of it could be I grew up watching LeBron, kind of like people, you know, grew up watching MJ. He's going to be the greatest of all time. But, like, you would also have to be foolish to not recognize the greatness that is LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, like, what he has done on the court is something that no one else can do. And we talked about a whole bunch of reasons. You know, he elevates his teammates. He makes these guys that are not even very good players look great. Yeah. You know, and then on top of that, he can take over a whole game. Like, he led an entire series in every statistical category. He shows up for the playoffs. Yeah. And, like, people talk about he's not competitive. I'm like, if he's out there dropping these numbers, do you think he doesn't want to win? Like, come on now. Just because he dished it out to Kyle Korver to make a shot, maybe that was a better option than him trying to put up a really bad layup. Yeah. You know, like, I never understood that. And I'm like, I think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. I think LeBron... People hate greatness. Yeah, they do. And I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, people are going to recognize it a lot more when he's gone. And right now they hate watching him win, which is the same reason why he doesn't win the MVP. No one wants to watch LeBron win every, every year. Even though he really could win every, I think game. it's it's kind of like the just a quick little sidebar. It's kind of like everyone's hate for the Patriots in football. Everyone's just sick of watching them win. You know, well, they're and they lost Tom Brady, so they're not going to win anymore. <laughs> right, but I think it's just it's like you said, people just they're. I think at this point, if you're trying to find reasons to discount LeBron's greatness, you're just kind of being an asshole. <laughs> I really do think that's what it is. You're just you're looking for reasons to be like, well, he's not as good as MJ. It's like, all right. Which is why we're having this discussion right now. It's like they're not in the same position. Because so. how are you going to compare Tom Brady versus a left guard? Right. It's the same like, discussion. Without that left guard, you don't have Tom Brady yeah. then. So is that left guard better than Tom Brady? Yeah. You have to have the best quarterbacks, best right. linebackers, best running backs conversation. So whole, yeah. whole other episode. Yeah, whole other episode. So <laughs> do you want me to go or do you want to go? Well, one Matt? last thing. I want to say no, one okay. last thing before you guys go. On yeah, this. yeah. We, you talked about um, – LeBron leading the league in assists this year in yeah. year, what is it, 17, 18, I think? I think this is year 18, I think. 16, or, I think, because he was in 2004. It's at, least, it's at least 17. I mean, it, regardless, it's not it's even – it doesn't even matter point. to my point, point. But, like, I feel like LeBron, throughout his whole career, he could have – if he put his mind to doing something, he could have done it. If his goal was to go out and be Defensive Player of the Year one year, there's no doubt in my mind he probably could have done it. If you know, People talk about how he doesn't have a lot of scoring titles. There's no doubt in my mind he probably could have led the league in scoring if that was a goal of his. But, like, he's so teammate-oriented, he's so well-rounded that, like, making sure he's the best in one statistical category has never really seemed like it's been a goal of his. As long as he's winning, he's happy. And I'm like, but that's crazy to think about. You have a player. Literally, I think if he had that mindset and wanted to go out and get one of those, he could do it. Yeah, he has the ability to. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, but 
I think it goes to show how you know there's selfish players in the, in the league, and I think James Harden is. When when I heard Westbrook was going to the the Rockets, I go, that's not going to work because Harden's that guy that will literally start crying if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. LeBron doesn't need the ball in his hands. Sure, he'd love to have it, but if it comes down to a final shot, he is okay with dishing the ball away yeah. to somebody else and letting them take the shot because he knows and trusts his players. And I think, you know, Brandon and I have talked about this plenty of times. LeBron will literally ask his teammates how they like to receive the ball so he can pass the ball to That's them so incredible. they can catch and shoot right away. And, and it's they like can a be quarterback. Right. Where do you want to catch the ball? Yeah. Okay, how do you want the ball to hit your hands? Like, yeah. One, how can you practice that but you know he's practicing yeah you know he's practicing to be great and that's a level of detail and commitment and greatness that you don't see from anyone other than him from it's from very rare people it's a rare thing so was that your pick did you already go or no well you can go because i've got you know some other things (laughs) okay okay um mine's not a big surprise my pick is lebron as well I, i i don't know i mean we'll i'll run through the list here that bleacher report had as well but i think you know, we've grown up watching LeBron play. We've seen the basically the entirety of his career to this point. Maybe some of the early seasons I wasn't watching as much because I was a wee little tyke. But, um, I mean, just to see what he did there in Cleveland the first time around with basically zero help, taking them to an NBA Finals appearance the first time around. He goes, I mean, I think one of the big knocks against LeBron that a lot of people like to bring up is the whole decision thing when he left for Miami and all that kind of stuff, which we, I know, I know I see you guys shaking your heads. We can have a whole other separate discussion on that whole thing, but what he did leaving and, and Brandon and I, you have talked about this before. He left Cleveland. They go from being in the NBA finals to being bottom of the heap in the NBA. He goes to Miami who Miami was not like finals caliber the year prior goes to Miami they go to they do nothing but go to four straight finals appearances win back-to-back championships he leaves Miami Miami then becomes terrible again goes to Cleveland again and takes them to four straight finals appearances beating statistically the greatest regular season NBA team in history in the 73 win Warriors that year coming down like 3-1 they were down 3-1 in the finals and then now here he is in L.A. to finish out his career. and We'll see what he can do in L.A. and what kind of in the playoffs and stuff this year. But what the guy's been able to accomplish is, uh, like, unrivaled. It's unbelievable. Right. Well, and to, to hit on, you know, Brennan and I shaking our heads, I'll just touch on it real quick. I'm not a big fan of big threes and, and, and you know, teaming up to, to make this big, powerful. Like super teams. Super team. But – and, and people will argue that LeBron was the first to do it. It was the Celtics. Yeah. And the only reason he had to leave Cleveland was because he had nothing to beat the Celtics. Yeah. He sat there and went, how am I going to beat this team? Yeah. I have okay, no weapons. <laughs> I, I can't. Hey, Bosh, you want to head down to, to South Beach? Boom. They're in South Beach. Okay. From, from the time he went to Miami, though, until – maybe his first year with the Lakers, he's always had supporting cast, which I'm not going to argue against him because MJ had Rodman and Pippen, you know, Kobe had Shaq, Pau Gasol, Derek Fisher, you know, all these great players had great players around him. But now LeBron's got all these other big name players with him. And that's also helps aid his, 
his stock, in my opinion, because of the stats he still drops with these people that demand the ball, too. I mean, playing with Kyrie Irving, like Brandon said, dude doesn't want to let go of the ball. He wants to take every shot. He wants to be, you know, he literally left Cleveland because he wanted it to be his team and not LeBron's team. Yeah. Like, you know, LeBron elevates other players and other players elevated LeBron more because he wanted to be better. So, with that being said, I did go LeBron. But I thought for a second Matt was about to say some dumb shit. Larry Bird. So, I went with Dr. J. (laughs) Larry, Dr. J is actually my uh, third pick. Larry Bird is a close second, but not not as close as like a Kobe MJ, I'd say. But we can't forget Larry Bird's greatness. I mean, so LeBron's career stats through uh, 1,265 games, he's averaging 27.1 points, 7.4 rebounds, and 7.4 assists. That's outstanding for anybody in the league. Now, Larry Bird, through 897 games, so, you know, almost 400 games less, averaged 24.3 points, 10 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. So, I mean, statistics-wise, they're pretty even. And, you know, if you look at the accolades, they're pretty even. Larry Bird's accolades are pretty impressive. You know, it's... But in terms of who I want on my team, I want, I want a floor general. I want LeBron. Yeah. And he's so versatile. Larry Bird wasn't as versatile as, as no, LeBron. No, not nearly athletic, not nearly as versatile. So, I did go LeBron, but I did want to point out Larry Bird. I think he's... He deserves to be Arguably a top 15 player all time. Yeah, absolutely. And... And it's a, kind of a shame another guy whose career was cut short due to injury. Didn't he have, like, lower back problems and yeah. couldn't play as long? Because, so, I mean, what separates LeBron is not only all of the stuff that we've just mentioned, but LeBron has played at this point a far longer career and kept his pr- productivity at right. an incredibly high level. The more games you play, your yeah. stats should go lower because it hurts right. your average. His stats have gone up. Yeah. I mean, well, and like we said earlier in the podcast, for the first time this year in his entire career, this is year 17, he led the league in assists for the first time. 25.3 points, 7.8 boards, and 10.2 assists on 49.3 shooting, 34.8 from the the three. Now, this is where LeBron could elevate his game. He shot 69% from the free throw. Yeah. He does need to work on that. But. I mean, it's hard though. It'd be, he would. What are you gonna say? He's perfect. He is like ninety percent. It's like Shaq had to have an Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah. LeBron has to have an Achilles heel. You can't have everything, and you know, like I don't know. I've always had the same issue. Like I almost feel better shooting a three than I do a free throw sometimes. And there's like people, players like Andre Iguodala. It's so weird that that happens like that. Like he shoots better. I think almost like the same percentage. He shoots like high thirties from three <laughs> and his free throw percentage is like 59%. Yeah. Free throws are not, I mean, they call them free, but they're not easy. It, in my opinion, they're the easiest shot in the game, but I mean, they for, should be for some reason. Be. People just, it's uncontested. It's, you can take as much time as you want, but people are just not good at it. And, and I was never very good at it. You know, the line never moves. So you're, yeah. whenever you practice them, it's the same, them, distance. It's the same yeah. distance, same hoop. The, the, the rims aren't shrinking yeah. on you. you it's know. the same variables. You should the backboard's be, always there. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, that kind of stat to me is like, I right, get better, but at the same time, it comes down to one of those. It's like, hey, you know, like Brandon said, are you really going to nitpick a guy for having a flaw and it being free right. throws? right. I mean, but say his free throw percentage went up to, say, 80%, he's probably averaging over 30 points on his career. Because his career, you know, free throw percentage is 73. So add 7% more 
to that, he's easily probably easily averaging 30s, over three yeah. more points a, yeah. a game. So we all went with LeBron. Have we picked the exact same people for the first? So uh, for yes, point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. I, I think, I, but I think that's pretty. I'm going to throw you guys to the loop in the power forward. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. I, my power forward's not even a true power forward, but he is. I'll yeah. tell you why. Okay. All right. Before we get there, I was just oh, going to yeah, go through your top 10. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll run through the top 10. I just wanted to be sure that. So throughout our discussion so far, we all have the same point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. But like we were talking Easy about. Easy arguments. It's, it's, I think the number ones in all three of those positions are like far and away at the number one. Yeah. All right, so according to Bleacher Report and all of their stats and however they figured this out, here's the top 10 small forwards of all time. Number 10, Kawhi Leonard sneaking in there at number 10. I love me some Kawhi. If that dude can win a championship with the Clippers this year and get another finals MVP, he will reach a level that very, very, very few NBA players have ever reached in their entire career. He will have won an NBA championship on three separate teams and won three finals MVPs. That's some crazy shit. And being the quietest player to ever do it. I love it. I love Kawhi. He's great. All right. Moving on. Number nine, Paul Pierce, who I absolutely despised. I but am, yeah. Boo. <laughs> boo. There's a boo on that boo. one. Boo. Yeah, on. he was a great player, but I, I think we all hated him. Okay. Number eight, Adrian Dantley. That's going way back. I don't even know when he played. Probably 40s. Before we watched at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> another guy here who played before we watched, John Havlicek. Coming but in at number seven. I did look at him in... He is a great player. Dude, the guys that, that are on this list are tremendous players. Phenomenal. Like Their stats are out of control. But, um, all right, coming in at number six, Scottie Pippen, who when I was going through this list, I was like, wow, is that my favorite like, small forward ever? But I was like, I can't. Come on. Like, what are we talking about here? But Scottie Pippen like, deserves to be in the conversation as like, one of the best players ever. Like, oh, yeah. He was instrumental for to the career of Michael Jordan and to the success of those Bulls in the 90s. Like, absolutely great player. Um, number five, Elgin Baylor. Dude, the Lakers have like Elgin Baylor. so many historical greats. It's remarkable. And the fact that LeBron has now joined the Lakers too and if he wins a championship with them is just going to be another... Like, if you're going to have a discussion of, like, pick any franchise and, like, let's go through the Hall of Famers... The Lakers have hands the down Lakers the best and Celtics list of would be all famers. You had to make like a top five Lakers, it would be difficult. Yeah, it's how many it's, good it's, players it's insane. Had. I feel yeah. like you could do the same with the Celtics and even the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks would secretly be really hard to come yeah. with the top five. Yeah, then you have the Nuggets, and you'd be like, um, <laughs> who played uh, for the Nuggets? Mello, <laughs> Chauncey, um, yeah, Chauncey, 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 would, Chauncey so and Mello, Mr. Big Shot. Um, coming in at number four, Julius Irving. Who's who my number three? Is yeah. Yeah. So great. Dr. J. Number three, Kevin Durant. Boo. <laughs> Probably the greatest score we'll in the that, NBA right I think now. We, should, we should have an entire podcast episode about like Kevin Durant and the Warriors. I'm I have to we, drug myself for that. We have a lot of thoughts on that matter. Kevin Durant used to be one of my all-time favorite players when he was with the Thunder. But what he did by going to the Warriors it tarnished just really, his legacy. Yeah, really tarnished it for me. I don't know. It's very upsetting. It, it makes me upset to think about, so I'm going to move on. Um, number two, Larry Bird, who, as Matt was just talking about, is probably the one guy you could put in that conversation of like, okay, if you're not going to pit LeBron, this guy named Larry Bird needs to be discussed. And uh, dude was just fucking amazing. Yeah. I... And they had LeBron at number one, which we all did too. So Chocker. LeBron James. <laughs> but now I think it gets interesting now for, okay. for centers and power forwards. Yep. And, you know, we'll start with power forward. I'll go ahead and just drop mine. Um, I think this is, you know, probably a 
decent amount of people's picks. But another pick that we uh, didn't really think about in terms of never winning a championship but being one of the best to ever play, Carl Malone. Okay. So, so my good pick. my top three were Carl Malone, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. All right. Yeah. And, you know, I just think Carl Malone, like, that dude busted his ass day in and day out. And he played with the greatest passer of all time in, uh, you know, Mr. John Stockton. But I had to go with Carl Malone, dude. That guy's just a phenomenal player. I know he never won, but he was an all-NBA, on the all-NBA team for Wow. That's a lot. I'm double-checking, but I think Bleacher Report had him on the list of small forwards. And I know, like, some of this, the, like, classification of who a guy is. Tim Duncan's another one where it could be a power power forward or center. There's a lot of debate about that. But, I mean, think of of, uh, Magic Johnson. Because if you look at, like, the basketball reference website, they have him listed as a point guard, a power forward, and a small forward, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So... In terms of pure position, Carl Malone played a pure power forward position, in my opinion. That guy was always the four on the floor. Well, it's like a Anthony so, Davis right now. Scratch everything I just said. He's listed as a power forward. I don't know why. Anthony Davis <laughs> is a power forward, but they play him center. Right. LeBron played power forward yeah. and center in Miami. When Bosch wasn't in, he played right. for the when, five. When he was a small. But I'm like, you yeah. know. Okay, so your pick for power, power forward, forward is Carl Malone. Carl Malone. Yep. All right. What about you? All right, so I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. But based off of the, the changing of positions, I want to say Hakeem Olajuwon is power forward. If we're going to make a top okay. five lineup, if I could throw someone out there, I want him at my power forward, not my center. Which okay. they, play, they played him there, but like this guy is way too good to not be in a top five. And like he may not be my top five center, but he has to be a top five player. The dude is insane. We're talking about like probably one of the best defensive players of all time. Yeah. And like... The way he moved, if you've ever watched Hakeem Olajuwon highlights, is something special. That's what I was just about to say is um, real recently, I think it was during me watching the Last Dance documentary, I got into like real NBA mode and I was diving back into YouTube highlights. And I went down a rabbit hole of Hakeem Olajuwon highlights on YouTube and it is glorious. Yeah. It's amazing. Hakeem the dream. It's like watching someone ice skate on a basketball court. He was he had the point guard moves of a seven, almost a seven footer. Yeah. And it would just looked beautiful. I mean, some of the fakes he would make, the spins he would make, getting yeah. guys in the air. And like, I, that's something that like, I mean, he's just special. And I look at someone like Tim Duncan, I look at Carl Malone, which are great power forwards and not taking anything away from them. If I have to just choose a power forward, I'd probably choose like, I think I'd probably choose Carl Malone as well. But Hakeem could have played more four. He probably should have. And he would, I think if you put him there, he would have been the best player of all time in that position. He's yeah. just, he's something crazy. It's something the NBA world never saw. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and it helped touch on that. I mean, the dude was a seven foot tall player. So <laughs> in true position wise, he would be a center, but I mean, it's not like you have guidelines as an NBA coach or a player that you have to play. You know, it's not like little league football where they patch you and they're like, you have yeah. to be on the offensive or defensive line, you know? Position, yeah. So, you, so, you know, we'll, we'll allow Brandon to make that, but to go with Brandon's, you know, feelings on Olajuwon arguably being the greatest power forward, if you're going to play him there, the dude was a 12-time All-Star. He was the block in champion three times through the NBA, 12 times All-NBA, rook, uh, all-rookie team in the 84-85 season, two times finals MVP, the 93-94 MVP, two times defensive player of the year, nine times on the all-defensive team, a two-time NBA champion. And then this is a two-time TRB champ, which I have no idea what TRB means. 
TRB. What could that be? I mean, total rebounds. Rebound okay, so champ. then he was a rebound champ That's what it twice. Is. Yeah. I mean, his at, he he played twelve hundred thirty eight games with twenty one point eight points and eleven point one rebounds. Well, and I think I'm wow. not positive on this, but you know, there's only been a select few people that have done quadruple doubles. I think David Robinson was the last person to get a quadruple double, but I also think Kim Olajuwon got one. I think because right. he had yeah. like a game with a triple double, and then he had ten blocks or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, if that doesn't make you want to throw up in your mouth a little bit. That's I don't know. Like that's it's just gross. A quadruple know? double. <laughs> I mean, he averaged 4.6 blocks per game in the 89-90 season. Oh, my God. And, you know, I, I listened to the last podcast, and you guys went on a huge tear about defense wins championships. Yeah. This dude is No, you throw him in the force. paint, no one's going to do anything. Yeah. A force. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know what's one of the craziest things to think about when you look at the stats for some of these guys who played a long time ago? Like, I'm talking 60s and 70s, stuff like that. Um. They, you'll, you'll like look at these stats and stuff like rebounds and blocks and all that kind of stuff wasn't always a stat. Like that, some of that stuff was not always tracked. So they'll literally be like, okay, here was this guy's average for his career, but keep in mind he played five years before they even recorded this as an official stat. So, like, some of those guys, you're like, oh my God, like, think about how many rebounds or steals or blocks or whatever it may be he would have had in his career had it not been for the fact that they just didn't even record well, that stat. When and I mean, played, think know? about, and we can touch on this with the centers, but like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played before there was a three-point line. Yeah. The game you has know? evolved so much. It's, it's Well, Chamberlain, I'm pretty sure, played before there was a three-point yeah. line and the dude averaged like 986 points <laughs> a game. So, Okay, so we got, for power forwards, you Carl picked Malone. Carl Malone, Brandon picked Hakeem Olajuwon, I think for this one, this is going to be the first position that we all three pick someone different. Did you go with Kevin Love? You guys might shit on me a little bit, but I picked Dirk Nowitzki. Best scoring power forward, in my opinion. But I mean, it's not a bad pick. We're not. I'm not going to say that's wrong. Dirk was great. Yeah. All right. I thought you guys were going to shit on me a little bit. I think he's definitely a top five. He's one of my least favorite players of all time, but that's okay. (laughs) So here's where I was landing on it because I'm looking at the and I'll go through the Bleacher Report rankings, but. Spoiler alert for five seconds from now. The top two guys were Kevin Garnett and Dirk Nowitzki. And I think it's a little bit of bias on my part. I did not. I was not a Kevin Garnett fan when he played. I did not like him. I despised that Celtics team that he played on. And I think I will admit a lot of that is playing into my decision making here. But Dirk did something like he literally the the little write up that they have in the Bleacher Report article is like before before he came into the league, there had only been like a handful of guys who were seven footers who had ever made three pointers ever. And they were like the total of the three pointers they made was like less than a thousand. And then he comes into the league and as a seven foot dude starts becoming like basically the best three point shooter in the league for just years. Like the shit that Dirk did in the league is remarkable. Right. I don't, I don't think anyone would ever argue that Dirk wasn't the greatest scoring power forward in terms of true power forward. And for me, where my bias comes in, like where I can't support Dirk, is I've, I'm, I gravitate towards more athletic players. I, I knew you were going to say that. And I so. know that he's a phenomenal shooter. I know that he was a great power forward. But, like, if you're that tall and you can barely dunk a basketball, I want to kick you in your kneecaps. <laughs> like, it's so hard for me to so, pick players like that. I, I knew, and I, I think my pick out of the three of our picks is definitely the least athletic power forward. I think it's the least exciting, too. He's the least exciting, but I think he's 
one of the most effective power de- forwards it, of all time. It, it's, and, it's definitely deserving. I mean, he's number two on this list here on even, the Bleacher Report. Even thing, Tim Duncan so. was very boring. Yeah. Mr. Fundamentals yeah, but, did everything yeah, right, but exactly. my he's, God, he wasn't fun to watch. Did Tim Duncan ever foul out of a game? Because wasn't didn't he have like the longest like running career of like never fouling out of a game or getting like a he, technical I, that foul? That sounds like something he would have done. He just I, seemed just like a gentle giant. Like, I think I don't know if you guys agree with me on this. I think that unfortunately for the power four position, it's the most boring to watch in basketball. And yeah. I think it's also the most interchangeable position in basketball. Kind of why I chose a center here is you have small forwards that can play power forward, and you have centers that can play power forward. And like, you know, you, it's. I think it's a position you can utilize to make, you know, mismatches work in your favor. You know, one of those would be, and maybe he's dropped a little bit, but like Blake Griffin's probably the most exciting power forward out there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, Blake Griffin's great. I love him. You know, you compare him with Anthony Davis, that would be a great one-on-one matchup, but. You know, I don't feel like Anthony Davis is going to stop Blake Griffin from driving a hole. Blake Griffin's going to make sure that ball goes through the, you know, through the hoop. But then Anthony Davis could, you know, put his will on Blake Griffin on the other end with his his jump shots. And well, they were talking about part of the Bleacher Report write up on Dirk was like before he came into the league, seven footers were not expected to shoot three pointers. Like right. it was just not something that was expected. You in, go stand down on the block. And, yeah, and, and you're a, you play center. You're down on the block. You're shooting layups and dunks. That's all you're doing. And then he comes into the league and does what he does. And then now, it's just expected that even guys who are six nine, six ten, six eleven, seven foot, you need to be able to dribble. You need to be able to shoot. Like you need to be athletic. You need to be able to play multiple positions and be multifaceted. And Dirk was that thing. And he like changed that for the NBA, which is why he's my pick. Fair enough. Good pick, good pick. We all, had, we all three had a different one. That's, I'm glad there's some parody finally on this podcast. We're all just going like, yes, I agree. I think you're a genius. I agree. Well, I, I, I feel <laughs> like... We are the smartest people ever. <laughs> I feel like there's, you know, like we could probably do an NFL one where, you know, we pick top quarterbacks. I feel like that we could definitely have different opinions on. And, but oh, yeah. the NBA, yeah. there's just such like a... I mean... There's really just no arguments for some of these positions. And there's far fewer players to choose from. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of just the way the sport is designed is just less guys. And there's less guys who have been so good that they even deserve to be in the conversation in the first place in the NBA. So, yeah, I think this this discussion, there's a lot of – I mean, there could be – guys all across the country all across the world who are nba fans who are three buddies sitting down recording a podcast and you're probably going to get a lot of the same answers for these oh you, you could get anybody it's just hard could, to have much variation i mean i mean think about it anybody that's not a sports fan um maybe unless they're simon would know who lebron james is and who michael jordan yeah is like those and, names are known by everyone you know even magic johnson yeah. like he's a very well-known person not yeah. just basketball player, but person. But he was made playing basketball. Yeah, and the NBA is such a global sport too that now it's like, especially in today's right. time, like basketball is the everywhere. most global sport besides soccer. Yeah, and in America, soccer's just now starting to get yeah. a lot of steam behind it. Yeah. So, yeah, and think of the dream team. You know, think of that dream team. Oh yeah, that team made global headlines. Everywhere, yeah, selling out arenas. Everywhere it changed how like the world looked at basketball. Really, 
and, and looked go, at the NBA talent. And then they go, we're never going to beat the United States in basketball ever again. Yeah. And then yeah. we go and get, like, bronze in, like, the 2004 games or whatever. <laughs> and we're a bunch of assholes. All right, so now we're on to centers. You want me to go first? Yeah. Let's hear it. We probably all three might have the same Did you go through the top ten for power forward sec? Oh, did I? I don't know. I don't did think you? so. Oh, shit. Run through that Thanks real quick. Reminding me. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Oh, I'm on the small forwards. Hang on. Stand by. Stand All right. by. Top 10 power forwards, according to Bleacher Report. Coming in at number 10, Dennis Rodman. Like me some great Dennis Rodman. effort player. Yeah. Statistics-wise, Great, great on the boards. Not, great defensive too. player. He's yeah. the kind of guy you want to punch in a game of 21. Here you go. For his career, he averaged... you in a game of 21. <laughs> we'll go he, down. <laughs> he averaged 7.3 points a game, but 13.1 rebounds a game for his career. Again, an effort player. You can look at that stat line and immediately know what type of player Dennis Rodman was. I saw a few stat lines where he had like 30 boards with zero points. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I've seen a couple of those, too. I'm like, that's hilarious. It's one of the, he knows his role. Yeah. You know, he, he gets the board, and he, he goes, oh, where's well. Pippen yeah. or MJ? He's yeah. like, I get the board, and I give it to someone else. Yeah, yeah. And he's better than anyone else at doing that. Coming in at number nine, Chris Webber, who I feel like, poor guy, gets like the most well-known thing Chris Webber is known for is like the in college basketball where he tried calling the timeout while like, oh, yeah, when yeah, they yeah. didn't have any. But phenomenal player. I mean, can, just can we really touch on Chris Webber real quick sure. and just talk about? I really don't have any thoughts either way on Chris Webber. So talk about that Sacramento Kings team with Mike Bibby, Chris Webber, and PJ Stojakovic. Oh yeah, that was like the original big three of the two thousands. I mean, that team was phenomenal. That's a right there. They just – they never won a championship, though, did they? I think they lost no, in the finals. Did, yeah. Can I go off on a tangent real quick? Sure. You know, speaking of Sacramento Kings is what sparked it. You know who is one of my favorite point guards of all time, and he's not on the top ten list? White Chocolate. What's his name? Oh, um, uh, is it – it's not Damian Williams, is it? No, 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 no. It's uh, – I think it's like another Jason or something like that. The dude with the hit, like, elbow passes and... Yeah, let me, oh, let me I think I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now, but the highlights of him are awesome. Yeah, in terms of passing ability, he had some pretty And I was like, passes. we were talking about, like, people like John Stockton being one of the best passers of all time. You know, a Jason Williams. Jason Williams, Jason thank Williams. you. We, were, we, had, like, we had names. I knew it was Jason. I, just, I couldn't think of the last part. But I was like, if you're a coach, you'd hate that kind of guy who's yeah. passing to people with his elbow. Yeah. But, like, as a basketball fan... That's so yeah. fun to watch. It's like watching an all-star game yeah. anytime he's He was board. probably the segue into flashy plays in the NBA. I mean, yeah. there were some flashy plays before that, but that dude made flashy plays probably, what, 95% of the time he touched the ball? Yeah. He was out there to entertain, and he did a great job. Yeah. All right, but anyways, I didn't want to distract No, you're out. You're good. You're good. Um, so, yeah, number nine, Chris Weber. Coming in at number eight, Elvin Hayes. He's Not an older there player. You go. More like Elvin, Elvin. Hayes. <laughs> Hayes. <laughs> uh, coming in at number seven, Kevin McHale. And uh, I don't really have any strong opinions on him either. I don't like him because he was a Celtics coach. Coming in at number six, Dolph Shays, I guess is how you pronounce that. And uh, that guy played like a billion years ago. I don't know if anyone knows who that guy is. Probably like the old school NBA fans. If anyone the who's ABA older, fans. If anyone who's older than 30 listens to this podcast, I'd be shocked. But... If there's any like, if you do leave a like. O- older NBA fans out there, they're probably listening to like these fucking kids these days. Don't know who any of the good players. There's like are. With a one Go ahead, guy. Send, send us your hate mail. <laughs> there's the one guy who's like 90 years old who still goes and scouts high school basketball <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah, that guy. He's like, man, you guys wouldn't know anything about Shays, and they're like, you're right. And you're like, he's yeah, because like, that guy played you? a century ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, coming in at number five, Bob Pettit and his pictures in black and white as well. That was a long time ago. Um, Coming in at number four, Carl Malone, who was Matt's pick. I like that pick. It's a good pick. 
Number three, Charles Barkley, who none of us chose, but who, as we discussed, one of the all-time greatest players to never win a championship. He's, he's one of those players that I think just annoys me. Like, just just annoys me through his broadcast. He, he couldn't really annoy me playing he's, because I didn't really watch him play. I never did get to see, I, I will admit I have not watching seen Watching him broadcast, it, it kind of gets under my skin. <laughs> so, you know, that probably pushed me to push him down my list. But, yeah, like we said, one of the greatest players to never win. His commentating is almost as bad as Paul Pierce's takes on anything. Yeah, yeah I agree. I go on Twitter all the time, and Paul Pierce is tweeting. All right, he's trending, and it's because people are just destroying him for something stupid he said. Yeah. Um, and then coming in at number two, Dirk Nowitzki, who was my pick, and it's coming Tim in Duncan. at number one, Kevin Garnett. So they didn't even have Tim Duncan on this list. Ew. Well, they have him classified as a center. Uh, so oh, spoiler see that, alert see, for that's where that always goes like wonky because he yeah. was a power forward in like any NBA right. game you ever played and stuff like that. I'll, so I'll read you what they have on that discussion because there's it's like a whole amongst NBA fans. There's a whole movement of like there's some people who are in the camp of like nope Tim Duncan was a power forward and some people who are in the camp of like nope he was a center. So it's like a there's arguments to be had on both sides and I'll I'll read you what Bleacher Report had. It's definitely. You know, hard like, and, and when we were talking about Brandon making his pick, it, it, it's definitely uh, an opinion on. Say you're the coach, where are you going to play this person? So yeah, I guess if if we were going to kind of throw out like a true position, we might all have Hakeem Olajuwon as our starting power forward as a seven footer. Yeah. Despite him, his true position being center, you know, it, it, if you want to play him there, you could categorize him as that power forward, and I think you know. If we were going to do that, I have him categorized as a center. But if we were going to do that, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I would put him. I, I was just going based on how Bleacher Report had these guys categorized, and they had they have some mentions in there on how they determined it. Like it's like according to certain statistical websites and stuff that like they classified them. And I think with the Tim Duncan thing, and I'll, I'll once once we we start talking about the centers, I'll read you the blurb about Tim Duncan, and they have a discussion about like according to such and such metrics. This many seasons of his career, he's he was classified as a power forward, and this many he was classified as a center. And take take that how you will. You know right. what I mean? It's like he could. I think you could use him for the sake of our discussion. You could use him for either position. So yeah. But interestingly enough, Kevin Garnett, number one power forward on the Bleacher Report list, none of us picked him. So yeah, pretty interesting. He's one of those guys. He you know, he's a great player. But, you know, similar to you, I think we both dislike that Celtics team so much. So that much. It's like, it's impossible for me to select them. You know, in Matt's point earlier, he was talking about the Celtics were the first one to have a big three. First of all, there was a lot of teams that had big threes. Yeah. I mean, OKC had Westbrook, Durant, and Harden, who were all on the rise, and people like yeah. that. And teams, are, the Spurs always had Tony Parker. The Spurs had a big team forever. Yeah. and Duncan. And so they've always existed. But, I mean... That Celtics team, I couldn't stand Rondo. I couldn't stand Paul Pierce. Kevin Garnett got under my skin. So, like, it was impossible for me to ever watch them and not want them to lose. Yeah, I wanted I, them to I lose any time they played. Yeah. And I was like, now I can't. And Kevin Garnett, I'll give him all the props in the world for being a great player. Yeah. But I hate you. I'm the same way. And they have – they just gush and gush about Kevin Garnett in this article. But I just – I just never liked him. I think now I like him more. Like he, I know you don't watch a ton of movies, but he actually showed up in this movie called Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler this past year. Like he's an actual actor in the movie. Like through, gets like a lot of scenes and stuff. And I think I like I like Kevin Garnett now. Like I like the fact that he's in a movie and shit and just like being Kevin Garnett. And I've listened to him on a couple podcasts. He's been guest on podcasts for like big sports guys that I listen to and stuff. And 
I like him now, yeah. but I did not like him when he played, and I just did not. And I think I actually probably even liked him when he was with the Timberwolves, but as soon as he got on that Celtics team, I was just like, I just cannot stand this guy. Right. Real quick, this could go on a huge tangent, so okay. we'll keep it we'll keep <laughs> it locked in. But are you for or against Space Jam two coming out? Oh, that's a good question. Against I'm it. against it. Both against. Yeah, really? I'm against it, and I love LeBron, and I get what he's going for with this. But you, it's hard to replicate like the era in which that movie came out in and like what was going on in basketball, what was going on in movies and what was going on in the world. And I just don't think no one needed another space jam, which is where I land on a lot. This is where I land on a lot of sequels in Hollywood. I'm just like, just leave the original alone. That's kind of just where I land on it. It's like, we, no one asked for this. We don't need another well, one, you know? So it could be great. I hope it's great, but so my take on it and this, this will kind of go into people's arguments of greatest of all times. Michael made a movie. Why do we need LeBron to make the same movie? Why, why is LeBron following in Michael's footsteps in the movie? Well, you know, you. people are going to argue about that and be like, well, he could have made his own movie. And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure he's been a director of a movie before. And he's been in, he was in what, Trainwreck or something like that as he a small role. But like, so, so people are going to hold this against him going like, well, because Michael made this movie, you had to make this movie. And it's like, well, he was just casted because he's the best player in the NBA at the time. But I think Space Jam 1 is one of those movies that is kind of unbeatable. And I think I'm for it. And I'll tell you why. is because like generation, generationally, people need something like that. Like you look at Star Wars or something like that. The people that watched Star Wars in the 70s, big Star Wars fans, right? Well, there's kids that never watched those first three yeah. right now and they're watching the ones that are be just being released now and they love Star Wars just as much as the people that did in the 70s yeah so like there's gonna be kids that never watched the original Space Jam but are going to love Space Jam too and like I think they could do a really good job with it I think there's people in the NBA who have great personalities that I don't know if they're in the movie because I'm not sure what the cast is but like I would love to see Blake Griffin in there yeah Blake Griffin's a great there's some funny personality players, like if yeah. he's in there you can't tell me they're not gonna do a a decent job with this and like the real it's, question it's is for the kids is I'm bill murray coming kids. back that's the real question Dude, bill murray needs to be like put in ice so we can resurrect him someday because he's a he's great he's a like, national treasure yeah he is he's we got really sidetracked yeah sorry i knew that was going to go there but <laughs> i mean it's, it's I on basketball like, are we going to stay i just want to know are we for or against space jam 2 so we got two against and i'm for it it's good for the kids <laughs> it's good for the kids it's good for the colony I mean, I'm not, like, against the idea of it. I just, if I was, uh, you know. I don't see any Bill Murray on the cast. Well, then I'm not watching it. All right, should we get back to the task? Let's, let's get back to it. <laughs> let's get these centers going. Okay. I'm bringing the ADHD factor to the podcast. <laughs> Which is what we've been missing here on Just Browsing. Um, but, I mean, it wasn't, go... like, way off topic. It, it was still I mean, on topic. Yeah, it has to be had NBA one. players yeah. and it's a basketball movie, so. Um, who wants to go first for their center pick? I mean, I'll lead it off if you guys okay. want. Go ahead. Um, I feel like we're not all have the same one on this one. So. It might be, but I mean, I what I think I can talk about here is I think that this is arguably the most interchangeable position for me. There's so many great NBA centers that you could talk about here. Like you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is the all-time scoring leader. You know, he was a phenomenal basketball player. There's people that do throw Kareem in there, and then there's people that will talk about Shaq because he's the most 
dominant force the NBA has ever seen. Yeah. He was just something special. And then you've got people like Bill Russell, who was you know super talented. And if you're going to go off of accolades, who's won more than he has? And then you got um, David Robinson, people like that. We talked about Hakeem. If you're going to put Hakeem, you could talk about Hakeem. And it's like there's so many good players in this. You didn't name position. Wilt Chamberlain either in there. Well, and there's Wilt too. <laughs> I mean, Wilt, Wilt's hard for me because – his stats are a little skewed. You know, like, Very I know I, it's hard for me to say if you put Wilt in today's game, he's going to drop 50, 25, and 25. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. But I don't, you know, he's a great player. But, I mean, for me, my pick is Shaquille O'Neal. And it kind of goes off of the he's the most dominant player, like, basketball has seen as far as physicality and stuff. If you're going to throw someone down there in the dogs, you know, like, just he's going to be just bumping and pushing and, doing getting the dirty work done like i love a player like shaquille o'neal i know he had his free throw issues but i mean he was just when him and kobe were playing that one-two punch was ridiculous there was was really like you said there's really we've never seen such a dominant force other than what shaq did as a center in the nba he dominated the nba name name someone else just off the top of your head that's seven foot one 325 pounds and he's athletic for being seven foot one, three hundred. I mean, the only guy that you could think of really is like Yao, who he played against. But Yao was not near Yao as was athletic, not athletic or dominant. No, Shaq could body Yao down yeah. the paint. Yao just had the arm span of like bigger, six, yeah. seven, forty sevens next to each other. Well, and like going off of you know, we talked about putting Wilt in today's game. You know, he's still gonna be a great player, I'm sure. Not putting up the numbers he did. Shaq could dominate today's game because Absolutely. every five now is a stretch five. Their job is almost to be on the perimeter more than it is actually in the paint. You know, you got these guys that are great shooters. You'll put someone at the five so that they can spread the floor and they can shoot the three. Great, you know, but now you got to have someone down there in the paint that's going to be physical enough to deal with Shaq, and I don't see that happening. I I don't see it. Not not a single center could. Yeah. Like Jokic, who is probably one of the best centers right now, and I love him because we're all Denver Nuggets fans here. But – as talented as he is on the offensive side and everything like that, he's going to get thrown to the floor against Shaquille O'Neal. He, or, he, or he'd is. foul out in the first quarter because you, know, you move out of the way and you try and smack Shaq's arms, and then Shaq's on the free throw it. line, yeah. you know, shooting his and one. Break. I guess the only other guy, like, physicality-wise, that would even come close is maybe a guy like Dwight Howard. Which but even then, I don't, I don't see that happening. Dwight Howard, I know, is probably not. He may or may not show up on this top ten list when you go through the Bleacher Report, but... I will say Dwight Howard, even though he's viewed as maybe soft by some people, I think is one of the funnest centers I've ever watched play basketball. I'm a huge Dwight Howard. I'll, I'll put an asterisk next to that, and I'll say the magic Dwight Howard yeah. is that kind of player. When yeah. he went to Houston, yeah, he was okay, but ever since the magic. He's had I mean, a real really weird lost, career yeah. ever since he left Orlando. He lost a lot he of steam leaving for magic. Yeah. Who's your pick, Matt? I went with Shaq. Okay. One, I love his personality, not Completely out of basketball. The dude's a DJ. Shaq's great. The dude runs. He does his own show. He's a cop, shit. isn't he? A cop too. I don't know if he's he a cop. was. He was. He might have been a cop at some point. He was. He I'm played a sure, cop man. in a movie. I know that. Dude, Shaq is one of those people. He can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I think he's he, like you said. Like, I was actually saying this to someone the other day. I was like, Shaq's one of those guys that could just show up in any room of any people in any and brighten career. Your day. And everyone's just going to be like, oh, it's Shaq. Like, everyone's going to be stoked to see him. He's just one of those personalities. Like, there's very few people who can just walk into a room of anyone doing anything, but, what's up, guys? And I mean, like, oh, he also Shaq. He also won championships with the Lakers, the Heat. The Heat, yep. And the Suns. 
Because wasn't he on that Suns team that won with Steve Nash and I don't like think Sean he Marion? won with the Suns, but you could double check me on that. Let's take a look. While you're doing that, should I unveil my pick? Because it's not Shaq. Well, yeah. then your opinion doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I went with Kareem. Yeah. Okay. And the, just the way they had him classified when I was reading through all these Bleacher Report articles, um, Kareem is just, you know, like Brandon mentioned, the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. The shit that he was able to accomplish is, like, absolutely remarkable. And it comes down to, like, how you're going to classify him because we could have this discussion of is he a power forward, is he a center, yada, yada. For his career, he averaged 24.6 points a game and 11.2 rebounds. And in 20 NBA seasons, had 19 all-star appearances. He was a 15-time all-NBA selection, 11-time all-defensive selection. He won six titles, six MVPs, four blocking titles, two scoring titles, two finals MVPs, and a rebounding title. He's a beast, man. That's one of the most incredible paragraphs of stats I've ever heard in my entire life. So I was looking through this, and I'm like, that's my pick. Well, that's why I was saying like, it's this five position is so interchangeable because, yeah. I mean, there's people you can make arguments for, you know. And then that's something that wasn't happening at the other positions, which is why I think, you know, small forward and shooting guard, the two spots I think are so easy just to pick. Yeah. Point guard has a little bit of variability. Yeah. You might get some in power forward and center, but, like, some of them are so locked in at this point. Like, yeah. it's going to take a lot for someone to dethrone a Michael or a LeBron. Yeah. And then there's going to be people that will never let that happen regardless of what they do. Right. You know? Regardless of what the stats say. Yeah. So I was mistaken. He did not – Shaq did not win with okay. the Suns. I didn't think he did. But he – because he played there for two years, I believe, and um, they had a really good year in 2008, but then they sucked ass in the playoffs. Who? So he won with Miami, he won with L.A., and is that it? That's it. Okay. But then he also played in Boston. Yeah. He played with the Suns. He played for the Cavs with LeBron for played a for year. The Cavs, but he yeah. was like old Shaq at that yeah. point. He played with He's the Cavs. He's a four-time champion. He played with the Cavs in the 09-10 season, it looks like. So he played with the Magic, the Lakers, the Heat, the Suns, the Cavs, and the Celtics in that order. All right. So we got two Shaqs and a Kareem for a center. Yep. And I had Kareem on my top three list with Hakeem yeah. on that list as well. Okay. All right. So recap your top five real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So my top five. Actually, sorry. <laughs> let's, well, let's Let me the run through 10. the top ten centers, then we'll do that. Okay. So here's the Bleacher Report top ten centers of all time. Number ten. Bill Walton, and they picked the most hilarious picture of him ever. Uh, number nine, Patrick Ewing, which I think that dude needs to be discussed as well. Patrick Ewing was a And beast. no, I'm not related to him. Love his shoes. Uh, number eight, Moses Malone, beast. Um, number seven, Hakeem. So for this sake, they had him classified as a center. Um, but it's seven. Number six, David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Number five, Wilt Chamberlain, which I felt like, I guess, it's to me it seemed a little low on the list for all-time centers, but I think they're just considering like his stats are a little bit skewed. It's kind of hard. Well, they, I mean, they talk about that I mean, think about bit. it. The guy shot like, what, 65 free throws a game, and he was a 51% free throw shooter? So, just while we're on Wilt for half a second, let me just, for his career, he averaged 30.1 points a game and 22.9 rebounds per game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> they were saying, and everyone knows, they're, they're saying this one sentence is like, everyone knows about the 100-point game that he had, which is disgusting, by the way. But in 1961-1962, he averaged for the season 50.4 points a game and 25.7 rebounds a game. Like, that is just domination that is, you can't even put it into words. Like, but 
then again, he played 110,000 years ago, so it's hard to compare that to modern-day NBA. All right, coming in at number four, Bill Russell, and we've already talked about the fact that if you're going off of champion of all time. championships, he won 11 championships. So, I mean, what more can be said about Bill Russell? Coming in at number three, Tim Duncan, and here's where we were talking a little bit earlier about how it depends on how you classify Tim Duncan, I think, for that right. discussion. But for the sake of their argument, they were considering him a center – so they had him at number three. Tim Duncan's one of my all-time favorite players. I absolutely love that guy. Um, and then number two, they had Shaq, which is your guys' both of your picks. And then at number one, they had Kareem, which is my pick. So there we go. But you look at these lists, and you and we, all three of us, had like the number one or two pick for most of these yeah. on here. And occasionally we broke away from it, you know. But it kind of goes back to what Matt was saying earlier. It's like these positions have been solidified a little bit. And yeah. what make basketball is like that. Cause each time you go down the floor, there's only a select amount of outcomes that can happen with football or a sport like that. It's so difficult because there's 11 positions out on the same side of the ball as you. And like, there's so many things that can happen during it. Like someone's going to get a sack and then you're not going to get an interception. Right. Or someone's, it's going to be a passing down and they're going to do a quick screen. And how are you supposed to get, a sack on that play you're not right. going to you know it's like it's hard for statistics to separate players in a sport like football where basketball each time you come down you're either going to get a bucket an assist a rebound maybe yeah a yeah. steal or and a it's so easy to quantify yeah real quick because i mentioned this earlier and then i realized i didn't talk about how they were classifying it but for the tim duncan argument so they were bleacher report was going off of basketball reference and Basketball reference was diving into the stats and classifying over the course of the player's career how many years were they designated as this position versus this position. And Tim Duncan, according to basketballreference.com, was listed as a center for 10 of his 19 seasons and designating 71% of his possessions at at the position of center from 2001 on drives. And that drives the point home. So that's what they were saying there. So he was considered a center by basketball reference for – more With the air quotes career. of saying yeah. you're a center of power way. forward. I mean, 10 of his 19 seasons, that means nine seasons he was listed as a power forward. Right. So they, they are it all depends who, you're, who he's on the team way. with. Yeah. All right, so let's run through our top fives real quick. You want to go ahead and start with that? Yeah, I'll, I'll lead off. So, Since yours is the worst. <laughs> and I think on mine, um, just kind of like going back to what Brandon was saying a second ago, the only one on my list, actually, that wasn't ranked number one on the Bleacher Report lists was Dirk at power forward. And he was number two. So, I mean, some of these, it's like... Undeserving. I, I was just looking through it, and I'm like, this is going to be really boring, and I'm not coming up with anything original. But I, don't, I was looking at the number one spot, and I'm like, I don't know how you could dethrone this guy. So, my top five, starting five of all time, point guard, Magic Johnson, shooting guard, Michael Jordan, small forward, LeBron James, power forward, Dirk Nowitzki, center, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nice. I'm feeling good about that team. Mine would be yours. <laughs> I'm lining up Magic against Magic. Okay. At point guard there. Shooting guard, Michael against Michael. Small forward, LeBron against LeBron. But I'm feeling good with my Hakeem against Dirk <laughs> pick there. And then my center was Shaquille O'Neal. That would be a super interesting matchup. If we could somehow like live in a world where we could have a computer simulated game of those two lineups, that'd Hold be great. On. You know who I just remembered, and I don't think he showed up once today, but needs to be? Vince Carter. Oh, yeah. What it's a legend. The dude's a dinosaur one. He but played for he the dinosaurs, so too. Good. So good. Like, he was, how was, you know, as much as I love T Mac, too, 
I think Vince Carter had a better career than T Mac did. We'll have to. I'll 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 take that as a homework assignment, and I'll I'll go see what the stats look like. I just want to say on Vince <laughs> Carter, the dude's what like sixty eight years old, and he can dunk better than ninety five percent of the league still. He's an athletic freak for sure. He literally just retired, like a few months ago. At like ninety seven years old. COVID retired him, which is a shame. Yeah. And he could still dunk better than ninety five percent of the league. All right, Matt. Who's your starting five? So my starting five, uh, well, you know, it's the same three at the, you know, as my backcourt. I got Magic with Michael and LeBron, and then I got Carl Malone and Shaq. All right, so there's a little variation in there. We could play if we had the, the power forward and center is yeah. where you've got that little discrepancy because yeah. you know they're interchangeable more or less. But but now speaking of this, because I think he could become the greatest of all time in that position, would you say Giannis is a power forward in quotes on what his true position would be? I don't know. Today's NBA, it's so hard to give anyone a position. Because, I mean, like Anthony Davis, for example, was a point guard until he got too tall. Yeah. And he still moves like a point guard at almost seven feet tall. You could play him, arguably, at the point. If you wanted to play Anthony Davis at the point, you could. And he's still seven feet tall. And Giannis is the same way. He's, what, 6'10", I think? Yeah. And he primarily handles the basketball down the court. Yeah. He's almost like a point guard, but he's got the size to be a power forward. It's like some of these players play all five positions. And it's impossible I mean, to, like, to really be like, oh, I think this is his true position. I guess if you're going to, then, yeah, I'd put him as a four because he's not a great three-point shooter, so I don't really want him out behind the three-point line all the time. Well, I mean, I guess in terms of – like ranking someone as a position, you've got to think who's out on the court with them. So, like, if you have Giannis out there, you know, and Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver's going to easily be the shooting guard of the small forward, just out of those pairings. But they have – don't they have one of the Lopez's? Brook. Yeah. So they have Brooke Lopez. He's obviously going to be your five. And then they have um, – you know, who's their – who's their point Chris guard? Chris Middleton. They have him. They have Middleton. And then they have uh, – all right, so Middleton is going to be your shooting guard. Is it Bledsoe? Is Drew Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. So Drew Eric, Bledsoe is a football player. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe would be your point guard. Clearly so, not Milwaukee Bucks fan. So, just a Giannis fan. <laughs> so if you have those five on the court, Giannis has to be your four in terms of By the way, is it at least a defense. Giannis or Giannis? I call him Giannis. I say Giannis. I don't know. I'm from the United States of America, so however they pronounce his name in Greece is the correct way. You know. It's like Italian, like. The name changes, but like Italy, it doesn't sound the same. Yeah, you know, like I think that's one thing that drives me crazy out here is because I know like the Italian pronunciations of things, and I hate the way it sounds in American sometimes. How does he say his name? Is it Giannis or Giannis? I think it's Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, cool name. Yeah, whatever. Everyone knows who we're talking about. <laughs> I I love that guy. I in NBA Two K fourteen, I got drafted in the Milwaukee Bucks. And I would we talk to Matt. All, oh, did you? Yeah, we gave you a shout out. We gave you a shout out. I saw this coming. Yeah, I called it. Brandon is a basketball oracle. For one play, as he was rated as the number sixty-eight, and I was like, "This guy's the truth." Trust me. <laughs> we shouted you out last time. Thank we gave you, we gave you, you the credit. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our discussion. Unless you guys had anything else to add, I think our other NBA discussions are going to take us on. Very, very long tangents, and they should be given their entire episodes. Yeah, I, um, you know, I just think f- for the sake of this discussion, 
because we, <clears throat> excuse me, we always have the Michael versus LeBron. I think we kind of put the nail in the coffin in terms of we can't have a discussion of greatest of all time because it's too hard. Yeah, more fair discussion would be Michael or Kobe because they were the same position. Right. But, I mean, like, so think about this. Since we all put our greatest at each position of all time, now if, if we look at it to go into the greatest of all time, you have to do Magic versus Michael. Well, Magic is a 6'9 point guard who was a very good defensive player too. Michael was a great scorer and a great defensive player. So you have to put those two against each other. And then you have to put, you know, Magic against LeBron, Magic versus Karl Malone, Magic versus Shaq. Every matchup becomes a mismatch in some way or another. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe Magic and LeBron, they're physically going to match up well. But, you know, like, do you sit there and say, well, Magic's better than LeBron? Well, how do you determine that? Do yeah. you say Michael's better than LeBron because That's LeBron's, what's so frustrating what, three inches taller than Michael Jordan? These discussions is like, okay, you're taking a guy who played in the 70s and 80s and trying to say – is he better than this guy who's playing in 2020? And you're like, well, how do we have that discussion? Like, well, you can't. You, you can't know, and I feel magically like- put them in some weird time machine that puts them, spits them both out on a court, both in their primes, you know, in 2020. So we can all just be like, play one on one and see who wins. Like, you can't do that. So it's like, what are we talking about here? You know? Well, I feel like, you know, I, I like to look at things like, and I don't think this comes up a lot when people have these conversations. If you put LeBron in Michael's spot on that Chicago Bulls team, do you think he's going to win a championship? I think so. If you take Michael off of the Chicago Bulls and you put him on, you know, the Cavaliers team he won against the Warriors, is Michael going to win? Many people are going to say yeah. So I'm like, they're interchangeable. You're going to say LeBron can't play in that time period, but, like, I still think he's going to win if you put him on that team. He's a great player. And I'm like, they may not play the same or, like, in the same way, but – He's a one-in-a-lifetime talent. I mean, yeah. if you move LeBron to play back in the, the later, you know, the back half of the 80s through the, the whole 90s, the only thing that's not going to go his way is the foul calls because the NBA wasn't soft back then. The NBA was a, you know, you got to grind for those points. I heard you on the podcast say that LeBron gets a lot of calls. He statistically gets some of the least amount of calls. No, I didn't say he gets he a lot of calls. I just used one of his calls about him getting – Imaginarily hit in the face and flopping like that. You can sell it. But I was like, LeBron's one of those crazy. He's like Cam Newton. You know, we're like Cam. He gets drilled, and it's because he's so big that, like, they don't call it as much. Like, if Tom Brady gets sneezed on, they're going to call a 45-yard penalty. And, like, LeBron, you know, he drives the lane, and, like, a lot of times they're like, no, he can take the physical contact. I don't think he gets the calls he really should. And then, like, you find someone else that's smaller that drives the lane, like a James Harden or something like that. James the contact Harden. he takes is significantly less than what LeBron takes, and he gets more calls. James Harden could play 1v0 by himself on an empty court in an empty gym in an empty state in an empty universe, and there will still be a whistle for someone calling a foul. <laughs> They're like, yeah, the Martian over there on Mars planet fucking Z19 that Double we tech. just – He's got a double tech, and he got ejected, so he had to get in his spaceship and launch himself to the next galaxy. Lock him up. Lock him up and put him down. Sentence him to death row. He touched him. I think everyone has gathered at this point that uh, this podcast is not James Harden friendly. (laughs) No, and I hope he hears it. I hope he listens to this and quits flopping and complaining like a little bitch. I mean, the NBA right now is really hard to watch, in my opinion. I'm going to go on a quick rant because of how soft 99% of the players are. It gets really annoying. The other night, the Nuggets shot 13 free throws, and 
the the Jazz shot 36. Yeah. All right, so either the Nuggets aren't playing soft or the Jazz are playing super, 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 super soft, and you're flopping. Like, quit flopping, take the shoulder-on-shoulder contact, finish, you know, finish driving to the lane. Don't fly to the floor, slide across, cry and look at the ref with him having his arm, hand, like, held up. It's just so damn soft. I'd play for three seconds in this, this NBA because I had a good defensive play, but I just bodied somebody. I would shoot a lot of free throws. I'd be all about it. I, yeah, I think you can't really blame the players because a guy like James Harden, why would you not drive in, But you can act like blame you've been hit, and just drain two free throws, and the next thing you know, 20 of your 40 points have come on free throws. You're going to take that. If right. you're calling it, you're going to take it. But, but when you say you it's can't really, blame it's, the it's players. On, it's on the refs. Like They are the ones that got us into this position because they started calling these fouls that were not fouls. Right, but you could, you got to blame the players for trying to, you know, in this day and age, and James Harden is the one that does this the most, you could be straight up and down. You don't leave your feet. He jumps into you. What are you supposed to do against that? At that point in time, I'm going to just sweep his legs out from under him and be like, you're hitting the ground hard. I'm taking – give me a flagrant. I don't well, care. The thing like, is, James learn. Harden knows they're going to call a foul on that. So the refs are, like, rewarding bad behavior, essentially. Right, but and that's how behavior we've had- it's just – Happened repeatedly, and now this is how we've gotten to the current situation in the NBA. Right, right and it's still soft. I, I totally you know, agree with you. The full NBA is soft. Like, that's, that's including the refs. Yeah. Because no, the I refs totally get in their feels now. Someone looks at him. You know, like that double tech that they got on Luka and who was it, like Graham Harrell or whatever? Or not Graham Harrell. Um, Are you talking about Chris Tapps when Chris Tapps got ejected? No. Um, Luka got one the other night with um, – I don't know. Didn't see that. Me either. His last name's Harrell for the, the Clippers Montrez player. Harrell? Yeah, they got double text because he kind of, like, stared at him as he was down on the ground. And I'm like... Well, you get, like, a tech for, like, hanging on the rim. Dude, you get, a, te- like, you get a tech ridiculous. for shooting your free throw. You make it, and they're like, yeah, that's a technical. But I do agree with your Go point the there. Way. I think that referees, they let their emotions get in the game sometimes. And as a referee, you can't let that happen. And, and, and I'm not saying the refs need to be belittled by the players. The players need to have respect for, you know, for the authority, quote-unquote, in the, the league. You know, the refs are there to make sure it's a clean, fair game. 36 free throws to 13 is not a fair game when there was five more fouls for one team. Simple math. You know, 23 does not – that would be like you're averaging almost five free throws per foul and um, – I might not be in the NBA, but I don't know of anybody that can average five free throws per one foul. That's a lot. Yeah. Just a bunch of softies out there. Can we wrap this up? No, we're going to keep going. <laughs> we're going to sit here in an awkward silence. <laughs> I think we ended our discussion for what we sat down to do. Yeah, we, we, we should, did. We should, come back, we should come back and definitely do more playoff episodes like as the playoffs resume. Yeah, I think what we should we we can come back after the first round ends and maybe yeah. before the second round. That's a good ends idea. And do after like the first a, round ends and we know what the second round matchups are, we, should, we, we could do like a quick recap on the first and then dive into maybe predictions for second and what we. And like maybe to Brandon see. can be a part of this one instead of having to deal with a dog that's been sprayed with. Yeah, he's just, he's just got to tell his fiance not to walk <laughs> the dog at night. Yeah, that was ridiculous. This dog is going <laughs> to kill me. <laughs> but no, I had fun. I'm, you know, I'd love to come back and do these things again. Well, yeah, man. Yeah. So Thanks for being great. on the show. Thanks for Brandon's uh, first episode. Brandon's first episode, which means make sure you leave us a like, send us a comment, tell us how all of our uh, top fives are and maybe where you guys would slot in with that or disagree. And, you know, we look forward to coming back and giving you another great episode. Yep. Bye, everybody. Love you. <laughs>